you there, Brother Dave. God bless you all. Appreciate that quartet music, too. That's a blessing. I like to watch Chaz there. He just holds right still, you know, and he never moves. And just gets those low notes out of there. And, so. and then there's the animated one, Caleb, you know. <laughs> all over the place. Uh, thank God for him. But there's one, one error there, you know. There's Curtis, and then there's Chaz, and Caleb, and Cole. Curtis, Chaz, Caleb, Cole. And then should have been another sound, but it's Elias. <laughs> so so uh, they couldn't find anybody else's name start with C that could sing this year, so <laughs> had to go with them. <laughs> Take your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. They say the worst time to have a heart attack is when you're playing charades, and I would have to agree with that. <laughs> so... I've often thought what it would be like if I had my heart attack in the pulpit, you know. So if I start playing charades today, get me to the, get me to the doctor, will you? <laughs> Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Let's go ahead and read that out loud together. Proverbs 4 verse 23. Let's stand together. And we uh, referenced this yesterday, but let's read it aloud together. If you're at Proverbs 4 and verse 23, and ready and begin. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Father, we ask your blessing on this time together, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good to be seated, fellas, as we continue our thoughts uh, here on our guard duty, our guard duty. Here in the passage, as we saw in Deuteronomy uh, 4 and verse 9, we have some further instruction concerning our responsibilities of our station, our duty station, to be on guard. My father-in-law was... Uh, given guard duty. Uh, he's a veteran of the Korean War, but uh, he served out the Korean War in Alaska. They were watching out to make sure that nobody snuck in through Alaska there. And so he had guard duty from time to time, but it was in Alaska. And of course, pretty cold. Put the guys out in the guard shack there and uh, they had to stay awake. They didn't really, didn't really know what they were looking for, but they had to stay awake in the guard shack on guard, guard duty at night. And my father-in-law did confess that oftentimes he learned to sleep standing up, and so, so he wasn't exactly diligent in his uh, labors, and I don't want you to fall asleep standing up on your guard duty uh, as the Lord has given it to, to us. The uh, last part of that passage, we read that uh, there's a place where the issues of life are determined, you know, and that's... Uh, uh, really important for us to see that connection. Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of the heart, are the very issues of life. And uh, so it is. In our uh, PCBBC years, Brother Marshall Stevens was across the way in Sunset Hall, and I was over in Rose Hall in, on the other side in uh, our campus there. And in Rose Hall with me was a fellow by the name of Ed Dunlop. We, uh, Brother Marshall and I went to school with uh, Brother Ed. How many of you have uh, heard of or seen or been in a meeting with Ed Dunlop. Yeah, with the Family Crusades, several have. Uh, Brother Dunlop was, uh, was there and has been a blessing to many churches over the years with the Family Crusades and the focus on reaching children for Christ. And uh, over the course of his ministry, he's written some books. He has a series of chronicles that he's written, kind of focused toward children, but good for every, uh, everyone. And in that series, he got to doing a lot of research about castles and uh, because the series took place, he wrote it into a medieval sort of a setting. So he did a lot of study on castles and, and he came up with some remarkable 
parallels between the, uh, the castle and the guarding of the castle and the, what we're talking about today, the guarding of our hearts. The defenses of castles are, uh, are similar to what God tells us about the defenses that he gives us for our own hearts. So uh, during the course of his studies, and he actually went to, to Europe to uh, visit some of the castles and so on and um, learn, you know, firsthand some things. Uh, but during the, the course of, the, uh, of his uh, research there, he, of course, uh, realized and recognized the weakest point in the castle is the gate area. That's the point at which, uh, you know, the, the greatest uh, danger exists at the gate area. Castles are normally built very high, and in the era when castles dominated the, the, the scene, of course, uh, Scaling a castle wall was a very difficult assignment, to say the least, you know, very hard to scale a, a castle wall. And it gets even harder when they start, uh, you know, pouring boil oil, boiling oil on your face. That, that hurts a lot, you know, and, so, uh, and uh, pushing the ladders over, you know, from, the, from 30 feet up. So, yeah, it uh, hurts. I can imagine, you know, being at the bottom of the castle wall and the guys are arguing and says, you go first, you know, so, after you, you know, so uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't often successful uh, to siege the castle at the castle wall. As a matter of fact, when you read the accounts of the sieges, some of them lasted for years uh, three, four, five years they would work on, you know, finally uh, overcoming a castle uh, and the defenses there were remarkable. So, so they, generally speaking, the siege focus on the gates, on the gates. So uh, we're going to, to, uh, to take some time and, and make some comparisons there in, in, uh, in our own lives and the gates of our lives, the gates of our hearts to keep uh, our heart with all diligence is, as again I said, the word keep has to do with the idea of guarding, guarding and diligently guarding. That uh, is the same in this passage. The, the root of that word comes from the same sources that we're talking about uh, guarding. When you get the opportunity to go to the uh, Holy Land, you'll get to go down to uh, Masada. You'll be able to take the bus ride down there into that barren desert area of Masada. And uh, you'll be taken up by a tramway up to the top of Masada to uh, see the remnants there of Herod's work and then the uh, Jewish uh, enclave that was there uh, during the Roman siege. And so the, uh, the remarkable thing is that a lot of what was there then is still there now. And it's an amazing place to see when you get the chance to go. You'll want to go to Masada. Uh, you'll, you'll take the tram up to the top and you'll walk around the top and look down on the valley below. You'll see the Dead Sea over there and over here uh, on this side you'll see the remnants of the old Roman encampment. The, the stonework down below where they enclosed their encampment still there uh, today after all these uh, centuries and, uh, and you'll see that there. But uh, the, this Masada had the advantage of not only being castle-like but being built on the top of a mesa uh, that uh, is a just a mount a flat mountaintop and all all the way around this was uh, you know basically inaccessible to get up there they had to take a winding path uh, that uh, worked its way up the side of the mountain to the top and it at some places only wide enough for two or maybe three people to to tra traverse it and so 
r relatively impossible to get an uh, army of invaders up there uh, in, um, in, a, uh, in a war situation. So the, what the Romans did was they uh, began to construct a, a ramp and you'll, when you go to Masada, you'll be able to see that ramp. It's still there. The, uh, the ramp from the valley below, uh, they brought in their slaves and worked and worked for a, a very, very long period of time, many, many months, uh, bringing in bucket load by bucket load, basket load by basket load, dirt and rock to, uh, to uh, build from this valley clear, <laughs> clear to the rim of this, uh, of Masada. So you'll get to see the remnant of that. Now it's, it's washed down some over the years and it's shorter than it used to be. Uh, but they were able to, uh, to breach the defenses there by, uh, by doing that, by building the ramp. Uh, and, but the weak place normally in a, a castle situation is going to be uh, the gates. And so I want to ask you to think about your gates, the gates of your heart uh, this morning, fellas, the gates of our heart. And let's take a look at three gates. Let's consider first the eye gate. Uh, the eye gate, that's an important one. That's an entrance into your heart, to your soul. And then let's look at the ear gate. That's another one through which uh, can enter things into our heart, into our soul. And let's just call our mouth, for lack of a, of a better uh, illustration, let's call our, our mouth the appetite gate, all right, the appetite gate, and, um, and think about appetites at that time. But the, in the castle situation, they had the moat, usually around the castle, the moat uh, often filled with water, and if it, even if it wasn't, the moat was deep, and then you had to go down in and come across and come back up on the other side of the moat before you could even get to the walls of the castle, so that was a good thing. And what the moat illustrates for us is this. Uh, let's in our lives as, as men who are saved, <clears throat> let's see what we can do to, uh, to widen the gap between uh, the dangers that exist in the world and the sin of the world. Let's see what we can do to widen the gap between us and the, and the wall of our castle, our heart, our life, our family. Um, build a moat. Build a moat. It, it's Christian, as, as Brother... Uh, Marshall was pointing out earlier, Christian liberty is not about all, you know, that we just can do whatever we want, go where we want, and we have the freedom to do our own will. It's not at all what, uh, what it is. He, he illustrated it perfectly when he said it's the area within the fence that God gives us to have our freedom, you know, and to do whatever we want to within that fence that he's put around for our safety. What a good illustration uh, that is. And so liberty isn't about getting as close to the edge and getting as close to the world as we can without going over the line. Liberty is about staying as far away from that line as we can, you know, and enjoying the safety that is ours and the blessing that is ours as far away from that line as we can get. So our, the idea of Christian liberty isn't about, you know, the progressive, in the progressive mindset, in the culture, Christian culture of today, their concept of Christian liberty is is the envelope is there and we can want to push the envelope as far as we can. We want to push the envelope, we want, to, we want to push the boundaries, push the borders, push the borders. And that is not at all what uh, the scripture is teaching us. It's teaching us to, to stay in the castle of God's protection and build the moat, you know, build the moat. So let's, uh, let's concentrate our uh, efforts as we uh, grow as a Christian on what... Uh, things there are that we can place in our lives that will insulate us 
from the uh, dangers of the world there. So, and there's some things you may have to, you know, in some cases you may have to take some more extreme steps than others. Uh, when I had my four kids at home and so forth and the way that, you know, the television programs were going at that time, we decided that, you know, we just weren't, weren't going to do it anymore. We're going to watch TV. This was really before, you know, this was really before the, the videos were real big and anything like that. And you could rent a video and such like that or DVDs and, and that. And so we just decided, no, we're going to, you know, if we watch anything, we'll watch something that we know what it is and we can control it and turn it off and on and, and it doesn't have commercials and such. So we just decided to do that as one of the things that we do for building a moat, you know, uh, building a moat in our lives. And I didn't preach that from a pulpit and just say everybody ought to throw their TV out, you know, or you're going to go to hell if you have a TV in your home or anything like that. So, uh, because some people were, you know, probably maybe better able to control it than I thought uh, I would be with my wife and family and kids. And so um, that was one of the things that we just as a family decided to do. So my kids grew up without any, you know, TV and they, they weren't warped and you know, twisted. <laughs> they, they weren't uh, weird or anything like that. They, they got by fine with it and, and uh, uh, us being able to carefully watch things, you know. And so I, you know, we didn't, uh, I missed some of the football games and some of the such like that and news and whatnot like that, but the news was just getting badder and badder all the time anyway. So, so uh, what news we got? We got from the radio or the, te or the newspaper and, and such like that. But it was one of the ways that we just decided in our own life that, hey, this is a way we can put a moat between us and the effects of the world on us. That may be something you'll, you'll want to do, you, you'll want to think about. You, that may be something you do or may not. But there are different things that we can do that are in our areas of weakness, and that's what they were concerned about, saying, where are weak spots and how can we uh, defend against that better? So a moat was one of the answers to that. So think about what is my moat, what can I, uh, what, where's my weak spot, where are some of my weak spots, and what can I do to distance myself from those and, uh, in, uh, in whatever it might be. So, you know, it, uh, it's going to be different for many of us, but there's going to be some similarities as well. There was the moat and there was the drawbridge that was there, and then there came the gates. <clears throat> the gates were uh, uh, remarkable. They were many times... Uh, tons of material that went into the building of the gates. They were, they were um, uh, oak, oaken material usually with iron, a lot of iron and oak in them and many tons of weight to them. Remarkable if you, if you go to Europe and, and can visit some of the castles and see the gates, uh, the engineering to be able to even get such massive gates to move was, is remarkable. So they had the gates uh, of oak. We have a, there's a, the, the world's oldest commissioned naval vessel. How many of you guys were in the Navy, served in the Navy? You know what this vessel is. Of course, the USS Constitution, um, the oldest commission, still commissioned today, still has a crew of about 60 sailors uh, yet today. Uh, built in the 1700s and named the Constitution after our newly uh, approved U.S. Constitution. It, uh, it, got the, uh, it got a nickname. Anybody remember what the nickname is? Old Ironsides, yeah. Got the nickname Old Ironsides. The, the sides of this uh, craft were of southern uh, white oak and up almost two feet thick. So 
it got the nickname Old Ironsides because it was said that uh, cannonballs were seen to hit it and bounce off the side of the, uh, the ship. So uh, Old Ironsides, it was, uh, it was constructed uh, almost unsinkable and still hasn't been sunk to this day. So uh, so uh, different from the Titanic in that sense. But, uh, <laughs> but at any rate, the uh, oaken sides were, were similar to what you would see in the uh, oaken uh, gates of the castle. So the, the importance of, uh, the, of protecting that gate was paramount. They had, to protect that gate, they had those other elements. They had the moat and they had the drawbridge they could pull up to protect the gate. They had the uh, portcullis, which was a great work of uh, very heavy iron that would uh, be let down in front of the gate in the event an enemy was attacking. They had that going on, and then they had, uh, if you look at the pictures of the castle, you'll, castles, you'll see an enclosed space above the gate that overhangs the gate. That was called the gatehouse. In the bottom of the gatehouse, they had a, a hole, an opening, where that if any invaders were in the gate area trying to breach the gate, they could uh, drop huge stones on them and uh, they, could, uh, they could defend from above as well. So the, the idea of the, uh, of the castle commander was to do everything possible to protect the gate. And it is so true of us as believers. We need to do all we can to protect the gateways that uh, the world will use uh, to get into our heart, and get into our lives. For out of it, out of our heart, are the, all the issues of our life have they come from the heart you know out of out of the heart it's it's where we believe on the lord jesus christ you know uh and out of the heart is where we conceive our love for our wife our children out of the heart is where we conceive our love for christ and our love for his word and uh, our love for the brethren it's out of the heart out of the heart of the issues of light uh, of life you know and the bible says it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks so uh so if our heart is uh breached and if the enemy reaches the heart, of course, it's going to be devastating to our, our lives. And you all know men that have allowed such things to happen. And perhaps in our, our lives, we can go back and, and uh, testify to such experiences in our life where we've let the gates be breached and we've suffered the consequences of the breaching of the gates when our heart was affected. So uh, with the help of God, we need to protect our heart. The enemy, Satan, knows that his time is short. It's obvious. I mean, he's really stepped up his efforts. It seems uh, very apparent that Satan has stepped up his efforts in these last days. And his efforts seem to be directly focused on the young people of uh, our culture these days. Uh, he's stepped it up in the schools. And we, you know, California sort of is on the cutting edge as far as the weird stuff that comes in, you know. It works its way across the country. I notice you guys aren't uh, immune to some of the craziness that goes on and uh, that works its way across from both borders. It gets to you guys in the middle eventually too, and you face it as well. But, uh, but we see it, we usually see it early on, earlier on in California, uh, you know, and in the, on the East Coast than you guys get it here. Um, but um, you see it in the, our schools there, the crazy things that are happening to, you know, uh, to the kids. They just passed a bill uh, recently that requires uh, what they call you know, health education 
down to kindergarten level, kindergarten and first grade, and so they're introducing what they call health education, but it's nothing more than perverted sex education. And they're telling that the local school district that they have to teach the kids that sexual relationships are a, a healthy and normal thing, and sexual attractions between boy and girl or boy and boy or girl and girl are, are just expressions that of pleasure that uh, children ought to be able to experience as well. They're requiring, they're requiring school districts to, to have this curriculum. And you would, you know, you would, it would blow your mind if you see the curriculum itself that they're supposed to be teaching to these little kids uh, and, you know, teaching them that they can make their own choices as far as what they, uh, what they want to be gender-wise and such things like that. It, it would blow your mind to see it. Uh, they're, being, they're, they're putting that in under the guise of health education, see. Now, many of the, thankfully, many of the local school districts are rebelling against it and won't teach it, uh, but many are, many are. So uh, uh, we have these kinds of things going on down at the lowest levels in our schools now. When, I, when Marshall and I were in high school, uh, the, you know, that, that kind of material wasn't introduced, and it was pretty bland compared to what it is today, and it wasn't introduced until high school years, you know, sex education classes. It was sort of our, our generation was kind of the first one that uh, experienced that nonsense, you know. Uh, but, um, but now it's down to the youngest levels. And so Satan's attack is very evident, very obvious in the schools, in the libraries, you know, it's the uh, public libraries. You can go in and kids can have complete access to the most vile forms of pornography under the guise of, you know, freedom of, uh, of information. Uh, children are given total access to any of that that they want. And, and then it's curious to me that in a culture like that, the culture experiences the results of, you know, pornographers' uh, lusts and then the abuse of children that takes place, the sexual abuse of children, the sex slavery that's really on the rise in America now. And uh, they're crying about, oh, you know, all the bad things that are happening to women and so forth. And then on the other hand, they're promoting it all from down to kindergarten level, you know, promoting the, the ideal, ideals that the, that the child molester has uh, down to kindergarten level. So it's just a short step from, uh, you know, from being, a, from seeing it on, in uh, print to, uh, to acting it out in life. So, so uh, Satan is, um, is hard at work. Of course, the entertainment industry is uh, literally filled with those who are pushing the, uh, those kinds of agendas, the transgenderism and the, uh, the, you know, the various uh, perversions that the Bible uh, condemns being, being widely promoted in the, in the entertainment industry. So cultural norms today have certainly shifted from what they once uh, were. And we're experiencing the negative effects of that in our culture. Uh, the culture itself is beginning to cry out. Even some who have been promoters of these kind of ideals have come, are coming to the point where they're, where they're recognizing the destruction uh, that they uh, instituted into the culture. So uh, Satan is alive and well and, and working hard. But what we want today, men, is we want for you men uh, and fathers uh, 
to be a part of the solution and not casualties of the culture. We, uh, you know, the remnant need to stand strong and guard the gates so that you and me don't become casualties of a pagan culture that we're exposed to. Uh, so that's the challenge for us today. The culture has targeted fatherhood, it's targeted manhood, you know. Um, you saw the, you may have seen the Gillette commercial that uh, expressed uh, forms of masculinity and called it toxic masculinity. Uh, teaching that, uh, you know, masculinity and expressions of, of a man and fatherhood and the dad being the head of the home, that these were toxic ideas, that they're poisonous to, to a culture, you know. So, so you're, you're, you're having that taught, uh, you're having that in, in uh, schools, in entertainment, in the, uh, uh, in the culture itself, That's that, that philosophy uh, that manhood is the problem, that, the, that uh, being a man and expressing yourself as a man is creating these problems that we have in culture. And it's, it's the reason why women are abused and ch children are abused, you know. Uh, but uh, what, a, what, a, um, uh, what a remarkable turnaround, you know, uh, from the days of Father Knows Best <laughs> and Leave it to Beaver, you know, the... the uh, the culture itself. So um, the, the, the socialism, the communism that's promoted now, it's amazing, more than half of young people now find socialism rather attractive, you know. Uh, and uh, it's, it's incomprehensible uh, that you can look around and see the, the results of socialism in, the, in other parts of the world, and yet half of our American culture kids think socialism is a great idea, you know. So uh, you know, dumb as a post, but, uh, yeah. uh, but it, it, we men have to, have to be the ones that are making the difference, you know, and they will listen to us. They will listen to you. Uh, the, uh, this generation coming up are not, you know, they're not belligerent to anything that's true and right to the, they're not, but they've just been exposed to garbage all their life. And, you know, they need to, they need to hear from you and they need to see you. They need to be able to recognize that you're, you're different and the reasons you're different, you can give to them, you know. You can explain it to them. So, uh, so that's what we're up against. So my question this morning is how well are you guarding the entrance to your castle, your heart, your home? How well are you guarding that? Take a survey of yourself, you know, in your mind just now and, and ask yourself, well, what TV programs did I watch? What, what played in my home last week as far as television programs go how would they you know would i would you be comfortable if you, brother stevens uh, came over to your house and said uh, you know let me see your your television watching history for the last week and uh, see what you watched uh, you know some of us would pretty be be a little uncomfortable if if uh, marshall came over and that was uh, what we had to ha had to do and so ask yourself that question how many remember old lester roloff the evangelist uh, Oh, Lester Roloff, yeah, he was quite a character. He came to our church in Tucson every year, preached the revival. I don't think he ever preached less than an hour and a half, you know. So, uh, I preached the revival meeting every year at the New Testament Baptist Church in Tucson. And uh, this was in the 60s uh, and, the, and early 70s. Uh, anybody remember what he used to call the television? 
Yeah, the television. <laughs> he said, any of you got a television in your home? You know, <laughs> so he preached on Imagine what he would call it today if he saw what was on there today. This was in the 60s, you know, when, when there was still some, uh, some uh, respectable programming uh, on in, in television, and yet he called it that. So, so uh, survey yourself and ask yourself, what did I watch? What did my family watch? My kids watched this last week on television. Uh, was it was it uh, was it anything that uh, you know was helpful or or was it at least not harmful to uh, the to the objectives that I have for my family my my uh, children my my own life? Then in your personal survey, ask yourself this question: What music dominated my listening for the past month? What was I listening to uh, for the past month? And um, that's going to be telling, you know. Uh, those of us that came out of the rock and roll generation um, and we were deep into it, it's hard for us still to hear, you know, I hear Jimi Hendrix today and I'm, my flesh is still drawn to Jimi Hendrix today. You know? uh, I hear Led Zeppelin and 10 years after and, you know, uh, uh, Mountain and those uh, dope smoking hippie freak rock and roll bands and my flesh is still drawn to, to that kind of music yet today, you know, 50 years later. So... Uh, our flesh never gives up, never gives up. And uh, what, uh, we, what we allow through that ear gate, uh, you can't help but ha it have an effect on you. Right. I, I counseled with a couple in our congregation that was near divorce. And they had been uh, active in ministry in the past and so forth, and they were near divorce. And we worked with them and worked with them, and one of the things that came to light was that the wife had gone back to listening to you know um, her uh, her music of her of her youth, which was rock and roll, you know, and uh, it wasn't you know necessarily the acid dope head Led Zeppelin kind of rock and roll, but it was uh, rock and roll that promoted the values that rock and roll promotes. And so she was listening to that while she would jog. Uh, she was listening to that in a, a car radio and so on. And her attitude about, you know, commitment to Christ and about commitment to family, about commitment to her husband, just slowly altered as a result of allowing that through the ear gate. Well, thank God there was repentance and there was confession and there was forsaking on both their parts. And uh, they're both back together and back serving in, in, the ministry, in the work of the ministry. They're both teaching. They're both involved in the things of the Lord uh, now. And they're all in, you know, and they're all in. And they listen to the right kind of music now. They have closed that gate to the wrong kind of music. You need to do the same, and I need to do the same. Be careful of our music. Then if we uh, ask you to open your Internet history, you said, well, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm careful about that, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping I erase something that I got onto that I shouldn't have. And you could have, and I could have. You know, we can probably keep it from our wife or keep it from each other or keep it from... Uh, people who uh, may get on our computer, but we can't keep it from the Lord, you know. And by the way, anything we do on the internet, it, it happens, you know, people know about these things. People dig up stuff that, uh, that uh, is part of our internet habits. Uh, people who we don't know, who we'll never see, know things about our internet habits, you know. Uh, even if we erase them on our own computer, there's people that know about them and there's places that they go and stay. So uh, if we could be given your internet history without any erasures for the last month, 
what would we see, you know, what would we see? And um, that's part of the survey I'm talking about. If you are saying, you know, I wouldn't want you to see that, um, if you wouldn't want me to see it, can you imagine how much more you wouldn't want the Lord to see it? And yet he has. He's already seen it. So, so you can't do anything about what you've already done, but you can say, I'm going to build a moat there. I'm going to build a moat there. I'm, I'm making some changes in my habits uh, there. There's a lot of things you can do to keep that temptation uh, away. If you're, you know, if, if you're in a place where you're just about addicted to that kind of thing that you know is evil and you know is bringing you down, you've got to get some help on that. You've got to get somebody to, to uh, you know, to put some, uh, some, uh, some controls on that and some passwords on that. And there's some hours you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't even have uh, access to that stuff. It's, you know, I mean, I, I recognize that every one of us carries a cell phone around. We can access all that stuff with a cell phone too. But uh, so it's ultimately not going to be, you know, there's not going to be somebody that's going to be able to follow you and me around all the time and just watch what we do and keep telling us, don't do that. Don't look at that. It's not, you can, if you really want to, you know, you're going to be able to get to it and you're going to be able to have as much time on it as you give to it. You know, if you really want to, but do you really want to, do you really want to? Uh, and the, the answer is really in, in the depth of your heart. It's, if you're a child of God, it's no, I don't want that. Ultimately, it's got to come to you. You know, really, you really can't. You, you, we talk about accountability. Really, what bottom line is we got to be accountable to God. You know, you, the pastor can only do so much. He can only ask you so many times, what were you looking at? What were you watching? You know, be honest with me. Look me in the eye. You know, the pastor can only do that so much. And, and your wife can only do that so much. Uh, and ultimately, you just got to say, you know, if I really, really want to practice this stuff, uh, I can get away with it. I can get away with it, humanly speaking. Uh, so the answer is make yourself accountable to God and get serious about it and close that gate. Close that gate. So, uh, so do, do that survey, you know. Um, the DVDs that you have in your home, the, the magazines that you have in your home, are they, are, are they conducive to to what we're trying to do here or are there things in there that need to go you know things that need to go uh, take a look at that maybe you earlier in your christian experience had some stuff in there that as you've grown in christ you'd probably go back now and say yeah i watched that you know ah, it's gotta go <laughs> it's gotta go um, missionary comes over wants to borrow some you know some entertainment or something and you say oh, look at my dvds and he's going through there is he going to find some stuff that would embarrass him <laughs> if uh if he looks at what you've got in your collection, uh, so well, you pay good money for it. Well, you know, good money after bad. Throw it away. <laughs> get rid of it. Good, get rid of it. And, and do some uh, self-surveying there. The guard duties are important. Our guard duties, anybody on guard duty is supposed to look for attacks. He's supposed to look, look out for the enemy. So that's, that's what I'm saying is in guarding our hearts and guarding our minds and guarding our families, we have to expect attacks. So, uh, you know, my father-in-law, Charles Ingwall, up there in a frozen guard shack with four feet of snow, wasn't really expecting any enemies. <laughs> he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't really expecting the Russians to come in and, you know, invade the base there where he was stationed. He just wasn't expecting that. Nobody really did. But, but guard duty was guard duty, and it was uh, responsible that he had. So... Uh, but you and me, it's different for us as children of God. We need to expect attacks. Right. And they're going to be regular. You know, going to be regular. 
But thank God when we resist Satan, he flees from us. And when we are able to answer Satan with the word of God, like Jesus did, the Bible says that when Jesus answered Satan three times with the word of God, and each time, you know, Satan had nothing to say, no argument back after that. Even what could he say? You know, it's the word of God. Uh, so after the third time, the Bible says Satan left him for a season, and he will with you too. He'll leave you for a season. He'll leave you be. It's not going to be like he just beat you and 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 beat you until he finally beats you down. Uh, the Lord knows that the Word of God is something he hates so much that he'll leave you alone if you got the Word of God going in your in your heart in your life. He'll leave you alone for a season. He'll come back at you. He'll wait for a weak spot. He's going to look for a time when he can, uh, you know, get you. But uh, you need to, as a, as a child of God, as a man of God, you need to be looking for attacks, expecting attacks there. Don't be blindsided. I have a, a man in our uh, church was Aaron Myers. He's in the Marines at the time. He got saved. He uh, got uh, plugged in and really got serving there. We put him on... Uh, our uh, intern staff and uh, put him in a home uh, house behind our church there and he served with us in the church there while he worked and finished up his Marine Corps duty, got called to ministry and surrendered to ministry and then uh, we sent him out here to Heartland. He's graduated now from Heartland, going to go start a church in Utah uh, near a base. He has a real burden for a military uh, base because he's in the Marines for 15 years or so. and. Um, so uh, he's got quite a testimony, though. He did four tours of Iraq, uh, in Iraq and, um, in, his, in his Marine years, and then he served his time at Pendleton as an instructor, uh, but did four tours there. And of all things, uh, on the first tour, he, they hit an IED. His vehicle hit an IED seven-ton truck, and it was before they had the armor underneath, the armor plating and anything. They were just putting sandbags under whatever they could do to, to sort of uh, stave off the IEDs. Got hit, he was the gunner, the 50, 50 caliber machine gun gunner on top, and he got the, the first IED, uh, got hit, and he got burns and got shrapnel in his head and face, and uh, they recovered him, patched him up from that, and uh, so he was home for a little while and went, went a second tour, uh, second time out, and got out and hit an IED again, second time, uh, got blown up again, you know, had a concussion, this time affected his thinking for a while, uh, and but he recovered from that. They. Uh, he was in two more tours and two more times he had IEDs. So four times that Aaron has run over, run over in vehicles IEDs. I, I told him, I said, you're costing, us, you're costing us taxpayers a lot of money blowing all this stuff up. <laughs> and your medical care and all that stuff, you know. So what I told Aaron, I said, why don't you quit driving on roads where there's IEDs? <laughs> and that's the, that's the way it is for us. You guys need to quit driving on the roads where there's IEDs. Where you know the devil's got them there, it's stupid for you to drive down that road and say, well, I can take that. I can, I can miss that one. Uh, Aaron said, it's not the ones you know where they are that get you. It's the one you don't know where they are to get you. <laughs> so, but you know that road has them. So why are you going down that road? Why are you taking that route? So uh, to, to, um, to be the kind of um, uh, responsible Christian in the area of guarding your heart, you need to recognize the, the, the way you're going and be careful uh, to, to um, walk that way. The Bible tells, says it this way, to walk circumspectly, walk circumspectly, looking for landmines, looking for IEDs, looking to where you put your foot down, you know, where you step across the, the, the minefield of this world. So uh, to walk circumspectly, 
uh, circum is a circle, and specs are your spectacles, your eyes, to, so to look all the way around you, not just forward, but to look all the way around you and watch for the, don't be blindsided like Aaron Myers was by IEDs, you know, uh, to walk circumspectly. You've seen an owl, how they can crank their head around more than 90, 180 degrees, you know, uh, and he's looking circumspectly. He's looking all the way around. So be an owl in that, in that respect and, and be aware of uh, what's around you. So the other thing that you need to do, men, is to close the gate when there's an attack on, to close the gate. Remember that children's song, Be Careful Little Eyes, What You See, Be Careful Little Ears, What You Hear, Be Careful Little Feet, uh, Where You Go, Be Careful Little Hands, What You Touch, uh, you know, and that still applies to us as adults. Your, your, your feet are bigger, uh, but uh, we still need to watch where they go. And so um, let's do that. Let's close the gates and then let's fight back. Fight back. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say he might. It says he will. He's scared of you if you're, if you're resisting him with the word of God. He's just scared of you. You know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, the angel durst not, uh, you know, uh, confront the, uh, the, the powers of evil. Uh, but he said, the Lord rebuke thee. The Lord rebuke thee. So fight back, fight back. Uh, the Bible says, let thine eyes look right on, look neither to the right hand nor to the left. Let thine eyes look right on. Keep your focus on Christ, you know, looking unto him, the author and finisher of our faith, you know. Uh, that's where we're supposed to be focusing our eye gate and looking there. He said, uh, he said to Timothy, fight a good fight of faith, be a fighter. Uh, and in doing that, you're doing what Jesus did when the devil confronted him. You are uh, taking, him, taking the word to him. The last thing that uh, Brother Dunlop pointed out in the defenses of the castle, he said this, they got the defenses of the gate. And uh, when, the, uh, when, every, when they were, after they were doing everything they could to protect the gate, he said the, the last thing that was a responsibility of the men at the gate was to inform the commander and await his instructions. And so that is our, that is our responsibility as well. When we're under assault by the devil through the eye gate, the ear gate, the appetite gate, uh, when we're under assault, uh, from the devil, then we, uh, the, one of the things we need to remember is to, uh, is to get to our commander and, and receive his instructions. So my uh, brothers and sisters, that's my challenge to you this, this morning. Guard, the guard of the tomb of the unknown soldier uh, was given that temporary identification badge. And if he served faithfully over a period of time, he was given the uh, honorable opportunity to, uh, to wear it as a badge of honor in his life. And so you have that as well, the opportunity to wear as a badge of honor the, 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 the faithful guard badge that uh, you earn by just simply uh, being diligent in guarding your heart and guarding your mind. Let's uh, uh, go ahead and have a word of prayer together. And uh, Brother uh, Dave suggested that we might have an invitation uh, at this time for you to respond to something that you heard as Brother uh, Stevens preached the word and gave us the challenge uh, there concerning uh, how our self is in control or uh, perhaps there's something in your life and mine that, that uh, the Spirit of God has spoken to us about. We need to just commit to Him here and say, I need to build a moat in that area. I need to go home and make some changes in this area. Or maybe just, Lord, help me not to get to that place. You know, I want, I'm, I'm good now, but I don't want to get to that place where, 
where my gates are all beat down. So um, I encourage you to come and respond. Let's bow our heads together.